Now it's time to turn to Sally and to hear what God has laid on your heart to do to us. Thank you very much, Sally. Thanks, Laurie. If ever we needed a reminder that God's heart is for all people, we have it very clearly in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. We find there that gender, race, even a dodgy past do not limit the grace of God and the outworking of his purposes. The four women in the genealogy of Jesus, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth and Bathsheba, they were all Gentiles. A reminder to us that we don't have to fit into a particular mould to be known by God and to be blessed by him. It comes as a warning to us not to categorise people on the basis of those who are in and those who are out. For God has made his way. Today we're looking at Ruth with her offspring, Obed, the father of Jesse, King David. It's good to remember that Ruth's story comes to us out of a very male-dominated society. However, it was out of that background that God chose to work out his purposes through the lives of two very vulnerable women, Naomi and Ruth. Perhaps as you read the book of Ruth, just the four chapters, you wish that there were a few more details there of just how things worked out in the lives of Naomi, Ruth and Boaz. While it may be short on detail, this very simple love story has eternal consequences. Leon Morris, in his commentary on Ruth, says that this story shows that God watches over people like Naomi, Ruth and Boaz, and he directs their paths. And in doing this, he never forgets the big picture, his saving purposes. And similarly, in the genealogy of Jesus, we see God's hand over all of history, working out his purposes from generation to generation. Let's quickly summarise the familiar story of Ruth before we look at her life and what her inclusion in the genealogy of Jesus have to say to us. In a time of disaster, Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons, Marlon and Kilian, left Bethlehem. Interestingly, Bethlehem actually means house of bread. But at that time, there was very little bread. It was a time of famine. And they headed off to Moab. In Moab, Elimelech died and Naomi's two sons married Moabite women. After 10 years in Moab, 
Naomi's two sons also died, and Ruth is left with two daughters-in-law. Orpah. Uh, Naomi is left with two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. Yeah. Having heard that there was now food in their home country, or in her home country, Naomi set out with Orpah and Ruth. While Orpah bowed to Naomi's persuasion and returned home to her family, Ruth was adamant and she insisted on going with Naomi. And we have that beautiful declaration in chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Ruth was leaving all to go with Naomi. She was leaving family, her land, her people, her religion. But it appears that Naomi's faith had left its mark on Ruth. She was able to affirm her commitment both to Naomi and to Naomi's God. There was timeliness in their return to Bethlehem as it was the season of the barley harvest. They went back as childless women. They went back as widows. The two women bore the worst title that any woman in the Near East could have, a childless widow. But they knew, or Naomi knew, that they would not starve. Because we read in Deuteronomy about the provision made for widows. When you are harvesting in your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. So on their arrival in Bethlehem, Ruth sought permission to go and glean in the fields on the basis of what the law said. She found herself working in the area of the field that belonged to Boaz. And when he came to see what was happening in his field, he inquired about this young woman. And he was told that she was the one who had come, the Moabite woman who had returned with Naomi. Boaz assured Ruth of protection, told her that she must work alongside um, his servant girls and that there was water for her to drink when she was thirsty. Ruth was 
absolutely overwhelmed by the treatment from Boaz. And she questioned why he would show such favour to a foreigner. She was amazed that there was no discrimination. It's clear that word had got around about the kindness of Ruth and her care for Naomi. And Boaz blessed her with these words. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That is a key verse in the book of Ruth. And it's amazing to think that Boaz actually became the answer to his prayer of blessing over Ruth. This was the turning point for Ruth as she experienced comfort and the kindness that Boaz expressed. She'd known childlessness, she'd known widowhood in Moab, she'd known exile from her country and poverty as she returned to Israel. But this beautiful reception was like a watershed for her. And the kindness continued as Boaz urged her to eat with his harvesters. She returned home with an abundant supply of grain and told Naomi that she had been working in the field of Boaz. It's as though um, Naomi's heart leapt for joy, for Boaz was a close relative. In fact, one of their kinsmen redeemers. In, in their society, the kinsman redeemer was a male relative who, according to the law, had the privilege or the responsibility to act for a relative who was in trouble, danger, or in need of vindication. Naomi knew that she and Ruth as widows were in a very precarious position. And she longed for something better for Ruth. And she instructed Boaz, she instructed Ruth to go to the place where Boaz was sleeping. And according to the custom of the day, to express a desire for marriage. When Boaz discovered a woman lying at his feet, he asked, Who are you? And Ruth replied, Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. <clears throat> Boaz blessed her, and he committed to do all that she asked. But he needed to explain that there was actually another relative who was closer to the family than he was. However, if that person did not wish to act as the Redeemer, Boaz promised he would fulfil the role. It was time for Ruth to wait. Boaz met with that man at the city gate 
explained that Naomi was selling the land that had belonged to her husband, Elimelech. And initially, this kinsman of Rima agreed, yes, I will buy the land. But then when he realised that to redeem it meant that he would also be marrying Ruth, he retracted. And so Boaz was able to accept the responsibility thus acquiring Ruth as his wife. <clears throat> Scripture tells us that the Lord enabled Ruth to conceive. These are quite significant words in the light of the fact that she had been married to Marlon for 10 years without the birth of a child. Ruth bore a son, Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. Little did the women who blessed Naomi on the birth of Obed understand the significance of their words when they praised the Lord, saying, May this child become famous in Israel. The marriage of Boaz and Ruth was to lead to King David, the man after God's own heart, and ultimately to Jesus, the Redeemer of all, the Son of David. What can we learn as we look at Ruth's life? Certainly courageous as she left all of the familiar to go with Naomi. It seems that even in deep grief, Naomi had demonstrated faith in God that was so real that this had left its mark on Ruth. She was able to affirm that Naomi's God would be her God. We see her care and compassion for Naomi and her willingness to work hard back in Bethlehem to support her. We see her as someone in the new land who was ready to listen, to be responsive to Naomi's instructions, acting and waiting as needed. Ruth showed great humility and it seems to me that she is a clear example of what it means to be poor in spirit and to enter into the purposes of God. Or as the Beatitude says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Courageous, committed, compassionate, and contrite are words that we can use as we think of Ruth. And yes, she's just the kind of person that God can use. But 
She was a foreigner. She was a woman. She was a widow. All of these things could have gone against her. But God disregarded all of this. God was at work in her life. And again, as Leon Morris wrote, the conviction that underlies the whole book is that things do not happen by chance. God is sovereign and he is bringing to pass what he will. And so Ruth is found in this honoured place in the lineage of Jesus. The role of the kinsman redeemer in the life of Ruth is a reminder to us that God is a God of redemption and that Jesus Christ is the one through whom all people can be redeemed and brought back to God. Peter reminds us in his letter, you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Again, I quote Leon Morris who said, God must actually be a God of redemption with the desire and power to redeem all outcasts into fellowship with himself. And as John 3.16 makes so clear, God's heart, his love was for the whole world. And for that whole world, he gave his only son so that anyone, as Galatians reminds us, Young or old, wise or simple, man or woman, rich or poor, boy or girl, Indian, Russian, African, Australian, or any other nationality, absolutely anyone who places their trust in him will find eternal life. The story of Ruth makes it clear too that God is not only redeemer, he is also restorer. He took the brokenness of Ruth and Naomi and he made something very beautiful. He made beauty from ashes. No one could have dreamed where it was all leading. From where we stand with a backward look, we can see how God's plan was unfolding. But Naomi and Ruth could never have imagined what lay ahead. Naomi referred to herself as bitter. Perhaps you might be like her. Tempted to feel that God has done with you. That you've come to a dead end. Remember, your story isn't over and that with God, the best is yet to be. 
for he is the restorer. <clears throat> in closing, let's return to the genealogy as we have it in Matthew chapter 1 and remind ourselves again that the process of history is not haphazard. There is a purpose in it all. And the purpose is the purpose of God. For at the right time, God sent his son. Let us take heart. God is just as actively involved in the events of our lives, of our country, of our world at this time, as he was in Bethlehem in the time of Naomi, Ruth and Boaz. As Kierkegaard the theologian wrote, life is understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. It will be the backward look that will enable us to see how God has been at work. However, life must be lived forwards. Trusting God where we may not see, we may not understand what is happening. For he is always active, working out his purposes. He has the master plan, the big picture for each of us, for all of his creation. And he will bring it to fulfilment. For truly, he is Lord. <clears throat>